It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, April 3rd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content. It feels like we're in a little bit of a deja vu situation here with the results of these two weekend games. Yeah, I mean, there's no flow or anything going on right now. Yeah, some uh, similar problems we are going to talk about, as well as name our nemesis of the week, all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That is where we post about our latest episodes. You can also email us at lockdownflyers at gmail. We do a mailbag almost every week, so get us your burning flyers questions. Subscribe or follow for free over on YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcast to get the latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, I want to start off things on a a fun note here because I thought that the uh, way that they honored Steve Coates, Mm -hmm. Coatesy, on Saturday uh, prior to the Buffalo game. It was just so lovely. Like everything that they did, having Tim Saunders MC the ceremony, wearing the warm-up jerseys um, to honor him. That custom golf cart was so cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't want to ever say this because it shouldn't be, but it was the highlight of their season. It really was. Even even Travis Konecki sort of mentioned, you know, how great it was. Like. It was really, really, really good, and uh, Steve deserved it, and Flyers fans deserve to have a little fun, too. Yeah, and I love that they renamed a bar yeah, well, in, yeah. in the lounge That's after like him, Cozy's right? Corner. I know, but it was just still, like, the fact that they actually went yeah. out and did it, I think that was uh, that was really cool. And, um, you know, like I said last week, I did attend the game in yeah. Pittsburgh uh, up in the press box, and literally everybody on the Penn side, you know, was coming up to him and shaking yeah. his hand and saying congratulations and, um, you know, we're going to miss you and all of that stuff. So just like there's a lot of love for Coatsy out there, which is really cool. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's a character. He's, he's He's been at it for a long time. Of course. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, so that was really cool. Uh, they did make it officially official that Sean Couturier is going to sit out the rest of the season, something we've said he should yep. do. Um, but good to see that, you know, cooler heads have prevailed. And despite, you know, Couturier's real intense desire to get out there, of course, who wouldn't? He's a professional athlete. Um, but I think it's no, the right it's call. the right call. I mean, you at this point, there really is nothing to gain. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, you know, the broadcast said um, this might have been Tim Saunders on the radio, who was really insistent that, you know, he just wanted to see where the level set was with him or where the starting point was with him. But to me, that's still too much risk. Yeah, it's a load of risk for very little reward. He's been out there practicing with the team. Let him take that into the offseason and actually be healthy, because if 
he were to tweak something else, it would cause mayhem. I think so too. Uh, on the flip side, Travis Konechny was back in action this weekend, and uh, you know he scored in in both games uh, later in the game when you know in one case they weren't coming back, in another case they could have maybe, <laughs> but uh, it it was good to see him get on the board. Uh, one thing I will say though is that he is so hard on himself in this circumstance, and. Um, after the Pens game, John Tortorella talked about it specifically that there's this like fine line you have to walk with Travis Konechny that you want to push him to be the best that he can be because he's a good player. But at the same time, like you can't show too much disappointment right. in him when he makes a big mistake like that penalty in the third period against Pittsburgh just because um, – you know, he's just so hard on himself and it's going to bother him. And Travis Konechny was also available post game. And that's the, one of the first things he said was like, yeah, I really messed up. And you're like, you're just coming back from injury. You scored in both games. Like you got like, there's yeah, this the weird balancing act off. with him. Yeah. You can't kill mm-hmm. him on that. I, I get it. He, he's not exactly the right Travis Konechny. I could, we could see that, but he's trying. That's, that's all you could do. Yeah, and, and that's what John Tortorella said too. I just thought the whole discussion about it was really yeah. interesting about how you have to work with a guy like Travis Konechny, who is clearly very talented, but has a, a extremely high expectations for himself that can at some times be a detriment. Yeah, no question. He definitely, uh, this could be, you know, a, a maturation for him uh, because he definitely was his always, it was always his own worst enemy, always. The other uh, situation I want to talk about is Carter Hart still being hurt. Um, You know, Sam Erson getting the emergency call up and playing in Pittsburgh. Uh, You know, obviously we got Felix Sandstrom in the Buffalo game. And I I think that, um, you know, both goalies performed mostly good with like a couple of plays here and there that maybe you want to, take back but it is concerning kind of going into the waning weeks of the season and not having a clear picture on where Carter Hart might be at least at the moment in terms of you know does he just need the offseason to like recover and he'll be fine again or is this like a thing right moving forward and is he gonna or do like we've been saying on the show Russ and you specifically about needing to find nail down a, a backup goalie that can play more games. Yeah, I think that's really the key because whoever it's going to be has to play more games. Um, we thought this was just kind of like a respite for Hart, but clearly they wouldn't call up anybody on an emergency basis if they were just resting him or load managing. So he must have a tweak of his you know, groin or his knee. Either way, it's not great. And it probably has to do with, you know, overuse. Uh, not every goalie is built to start 60 games anymore in a season. That's just the way it is. With And, and you know, to be fair to Hart, uh, he's still not like the biggest, strongest kid. He's still pretty thin. Now, Ryan Miller was also thin. He's not Ryan Miller. Thin, but right. Ryan Miller played in a different era, too. They're all crashing in that now. And so, yeah, it, he should never play more than like 52, 53 games. Never. 
Yeah. And again, that's something you know, you've been talking about for Years. quite a while now. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> and that uh, I think that, you know, whoever they go with as the backup is going to have to be able to handle a, a decent load. And I don't think this is unique to no. the Flyers. I think there are a lot of teams that are in a, a 1A, 1B situation, and this is what we're talking about here. Um, but I think where other teams have maybe done the manage, goalie management better than the Flyers in terms of choosing which games the 1B plays and not wearing out or grinding out you know, your top goalie. Even the Flyers have the people to make these decisions. And so I have to say that John probably overrode it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think, <laughs> you know, we can only guess what goes on behind closed doors there. But uh, I do think that the Flyers have to reconsider their goalie management, you know, and load responsibility a little bit more and include that in their decision making with, uh, you know, whoever gets that 1B spot next season. Yeah, like as an example, um, this is the most amount of shots he's ever faced in his career, 1,441 so far. Last year he faced 1,304 because he only played in 45 games. So you kind of do have to ramp a guy up to it too. He was on pace for 58 games, or is on pace for 58. He was probably on pace for 60 before they stopped using him. So that's not good. No, it is not. All right. Well, there's still a lot more to talk about, including, do we dare say, talking about the power play and and such. But uh, we will get to all that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories for your car, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, Russ, the dreaded power play for the flyers uh not good uh, did not get a proper power play goal in this uh two game series and i you know no again excuse. after the game yeah there really isn't and after the game in pittsburgh james van reemsdyke was asked about it uh post game and you know, he basically said, you know, it's not the time to talk about this in terms of the wholesale changes to make to it. And it seems very, yes, yes and no. <laughs> but uh, just based on his tone when he when he said it, uh, I think it was more like he doesn't want to rag on fellow players. Yeah, he'll wait for um, breakdown day for that, because, again, he'll be out of town. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm just saying that. Yeah, he could. Oh, he could take I, some responsibility, though. He could for himself, because well, he did. Does he does. His, he does do that. 
Yeah, I, I think mean, so. he has ten goals this year. Ten. He has two power play goals. Until he got a point in the Pittsburgh game on the Delorier goal, he hadn't had a point in at least four games, and it's probably more if I expand the log. Yeah, it's like five games. Well, it's four. Yeah, it's it, it is interesting because it feels like everybody knows there's this wholesale issue with a power play and that things are, you know, are not good. And I think that they're in this weird spot where they're trying to say, well, it's the personnel, but then they don't want to like say what specifically about the personnel that are on the power play that are, that is the problem. And you know, we've talked about coaching and even, you know, suggested that maybe bringing in a a power play specialist that's not Rocky Thompson, um, you know, even if Rocky Thompson is still an assistant coach, but doesn't focus on the power play, that's okay too. It's just that it seems like from everything that's out there, Tortorella has confidence in Rocky Thompson and to the point where, you know, he's talking about giving Thompson the bench for a couple of the games for the remainder of the season, just like he did with Brad Shaw. And I don't know if that's like to make it equal, but it does seem to suggest that there's confidence in the coaching staff. But there, there shouldn't be. Because again, if I look at the power play, um, like Edmonton has 85 power play goals. You know, Colorado has 60. The Flyers have 33. 33. Yeah. And it, it's, it's not personnel. Because to be honest, a lot of the personnel is going to be here next year too, so you can't use it as an excuse. It is coaching. It is a problem. You can't say, you know, again, this is a problem that I have, have having torch trying to um, temper the fan base for something that they're clearly awful at, and they're awful at it every game, and it's been all season, and they're worse than the league in it. Like, just own it and at least say, we're working on it, and we don't want this to carry into next season. But they don't say that. They expect it to be magically fixed next year. Yeah, I don't know if they expect that. But they also, I think, are just kind of washing their hands of it for this season and saying, like, let's see what happens next season. And, you know, I, I there's just a, a disconnect there that is really concerning to me. But... You know, uh, at the same time, I feel like there were some brighter spots with some of like when Tyson Forrester was up and and stuff like that. So I I feel like there is some potential there for things to get better. But it's a giant question mark as far as I'm concerned moving forward. Um, I think the other issue, again, that we've talked about ad nauseum, and that's why at the top of the show, I'm like, this game is lather, rinse, repeat, you know, these games because of the shooting accuracy. And if you look at the underlying numbers for both these games, you know, the Flyers actually were pretty good getting a lot mm-hmm. of chances, um, getting getting some high danger shot opportunities, you know, making space for themselves. Um, you know, obviously the Sabres and the Pens are very different defensively, but still, uh, you know, and Tort said it as well, you know, he thought that they got a ton of chances versus the pens that were really good. Casey DeSmith had a really good game, but a a certain, at a certain point, you just have to say, well, uh, you got to get it past him. Yeah. I mean, or at least hit the net. Like you can't, if you don't hit the net, you Mm -hmm. can't score. And one of the messages from the coaching staff to the players, certain players, especially should be this off season is listen, 
You need to work on your shot. You need to work on your shooting accuracy. If that requires getting a shooting coach, then get a shooting coach. We'll recommend one to you. But you need to practice this. Just because you've been in the league for, and you could say, X amount of years, um, Claude Giroux did this and improved even in, his, in the middle of his career. It can be done, and it should be done. That's it. That's my speech. I don't think it's happening, though. Yeah, I could not agree with you more in terms of this particular yeah. aspect of the Flyers game. They just have to make a decision on who they're going to invest the chances in. chances are there, like you said. The chances are there. Yep. yep. Like like I said, they just have to decide who they're going to invest in and get them the coaching that they need this offseason. Uh, you know, especially in that Pens game, you know, early Noah Cates made that great play for a turnover that Wade Allison can't. He can't bury capitalize on yeah and then there was a couple of two-on-ones later in the game uh, frost and tk specifically had one play on the four-on-four -four. um uh, there was just some really key opportunities that if that goes one way or the other now there was that fluky goal that you know that bounced around urson that i've just i felt so bad for him but you know that that game changes tremendously and uh you know if if a even one of those goes in, right? Yeah, you just, the, the thing with the Flyers is this. You can't have a whole team of Wade Allisons, meaning 6'2", 200 pounds, they skate okay, they play tough on the corners, they occasionally get breakaways. You have to bring in some skill guys. So my underlying answer to the Flyers for that is, if you have to bring in some smaller guys, then that's what you're going to have to do. You're not going to win by having a team of behemoths that can't score. The teams that have size that could score, those guys could also skate and do other things. The Flyers have guys that could do one thing or two things. And that's where they really have to change because, again, it's not about um, even cycling well and playing with structure. Sometimes it's about making a great play yourself, taking the puck down the ice, taking a shot, and having it go in. And it doesn't happen a lot with the Flyers, if you think about it. Yeah, uh, I think that is a, a huge, huge problem here. And uh, I, but again, I don't think it's, you know, a, a problem in perpetuity. No, it's, it's fixable, fixable, but they have That's to the... be open to it and thinking that way. So in other words, I'm saying, you know, John Tortorella has to sort of ease up a little on his system and allow some of that to happen. It's not all going to happen off of great defense. It's not. Some of it will, but all of it, no, it won't. Yeah, I, I think you are correct there. Um, you know, I, I think now that we're in the eliminated from the playoffs era of the rest of this season, there are certainly a lot of things that they could be working on. We're going to talk about that more uh, over the next couple of shows uh, in ways that they can utilize these games to kickstart next season and really figure out where they're going. Uh, but it is Monday. And of course, we will have our nemesis of the week. And that is always a favorite segment of mine on this show. We will do that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by AG1 by Athletic Greens. Keeping up with proper nutrition is really hard. You're busy, you're stuck at your desk, you're eating whatever you can just to get through your day. But what if you could start your day with the ultimate daily nutritional insurance? With a single scoop of AG1 in a glass of water, you can do just that and absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, 
whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him $100 a day, which isn't sustainable. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal new nutrition routine on your own for just around $3 a day. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Russ, uh, our nemesis of the week this week. And if you're newer to Locked On Flyers, each and every Monday, we look at what's going on in Flyers land in the world of hockey and say, you know, what is bothering us the most? What is making us the most nervous or apprehensive for the week? Last couple of weeks, uh, we talked about loser points two weeks ago. Winner points was the nemesis last week because they were racking up all those points. Uh, we, do, uh, In terms of the lottery positioning, they had uh, two regulation losses this weekend, so not as much of an issue. Um, uh, you know, I have two nemeses this week. I couldn't decide between them. Uh, the hockey nemesis of the week is figuring out how to utilize these games effectively, right? Uh, for the remainder of the season and, you know, using them as tools to really fine tune what your off season plan is. And if I'm Danny Breer, that's what I'm doing. But it's, uh, you know, the Flyers' track record on this the last couple of years. Granted, you know, different management, uh, but they're trying to do all this while they're making wholesale changes to the management. And I think that's really hard to put together a plan while you're doing that at the same time. Well said. Um, so here's mine. Mine is very simple. I think John Tortorella needs to stop talking about Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson coming back and making the penalty kill better next year. That's a hope. The Flyers have had these hopes for the last couple of years. They've been hoping on Sean Couturier for a couple of years. It's no slight to Sean. It's just the way it is. And with Cam, he missed the whole season too. So again, the hope that your penalty kill gets better is really, it's really far-fetched. You're going to wait until these guys come in camp, get through camp, look healthy, and they can actually play these minutes before you decide that this is what's going to cure your penalty kill next year. You can't tell your new GM, Danny Briere, that this is what's going to cure the penalty kill next year because hopefully he will say, well, what if they don't play? Somebody has to ask that question. And somebody has to come to the reality of, hey, if they play, our penalty kill could be amongst the best in the league. But we have to somehow have a plan to prepare without them. The Flyers never have this backup plan for anything. They haven't had it in the Fletcher era. And so far, they're not showing me they have it in the Tortorella era. So they need to start thinking that way in definitive terms and not having just hope. Yeah, I think uh, obviously having a backup plan and a backup plan to the backup plan was a huge problem under Chuck Fletcher. I'm not willing to like make a judgment yet on whoever is the GM. No, I'm not making a judgment, but I'm saying it's a good time to implement that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, yeah. Um, but like I said, it's going to be a challenge when you're trying to do all this and put in a new management yeah. in, in place at all at the same time. Uh, my sort of lighthearted nemesis of the week is 
having poor eyesight and the Jersey tributes uh, uh, for people, because on Saturday we had the Coatsy jerseys and then Sunday uh, the Pens did actually a really great job with a, a tribute to Chris Letang's uh, 1000th NHL game. Yeah, congrats to him. He's overcome a lot. Yeah, I think just a, a tremendous hockey player. You know, you love him or hate him, uh, do with that no, what no, you I'm will. But uh, I, he's, had... I, he's been a tremendous guy his whole career, a good guy. And we, we right. should mention, I'm sure this will be part of your nemesis, maybe not. Um, there was a guy who now has like 124 points against the orange and black. He's now tied with Mario. Uh, who is <laughs> I don't know. It's Sidney Crosby. Yeah, you know who you know. it is. He had two assists. It's 124 <laughs> yeah. assists, actually. But at any rate, uh, so both of those games, one of the teams during warmups had tribute jerseys on where they're all wearing the same <laughs> name and number. And when you're way up high, you can't tell what the line wow. rushes are <laughs> based on the jersey. So it's a little frustrating uh, and uh, but also funny at the same time and very appropriate that that teams do this sort of thing. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying for me personally, it is a nemesis. Yeah, yeah. The matchups coming up this week, the Blues, the Stars, and the Isles, you know, Blues are not playoff bound, so it'll be kind of two teams trying to figure some stuff They've out. They've been playing better lately, though, stars. so they can't, if the Flyers want to actually win this game, they're going to have to do some things because the Blues are sort of like talking themselves into being a playoff team next year, so Craig Berube is trying to go out, you know, strong here. Yeah, uh, the Stars are fighting for that division title this year, so they have a lot of motivation. Yes. The Isles, I don't know where they'll be by the end of the week. Uh, yeah, but nobody knows. It's, they're up and down. Uh, they just got shut out, I believe. But they're going to play for their playoff lives. That's what they're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, they're also having power play problems without Barzal around. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, there are some fans that are like, look, look at our record without him. But then it's like, oh, yeah, wait. No, but you don't have him. <laughs> that is also bad. Yes. So, uh, yeah, so it should be an interesting week ahead. We will be talking about it on the show all week long. Wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. Uh, Got to be the highlight of the weekend for me, which was uh, during the Coatsy tribute stuff. They were showing clips from Coatsy's corner on Saturday. And lo and behold, they bring up a cute uh, interview that Steve Coates did of a very tiny Matias Samuelson of the Buffalo Sabres uh, on the bench about wanting to become a pro hockey player and uh, wanting to play defense like dad, Shell Samuelson. And so you have like a five or six year old Matias up on the big board and all of the Sabres were kind of giving Matias a little bit of crap for it, uh, which was very cute. He was talking about it still in the locker room to his teammates post game, like Owen Power was next to him and, and they were laughing about it. I heard him mentioning it. Cause I was, we were interviewing like Alex Tuck and I heard him doing that. And uh, so it was, it was still being talked about and laughed about even post game. So that was great. Yeah, it was very, very cute. All right. That will do it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk more about the matchup against the blues and do our phantoms check in to see uh, how they're doing as the playoff race continues 
As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen today. Now make your next listen, Game to Game NHL. It's every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. It's on the Locked On NHL feed wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day.